This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 189 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Equestrian Collections. Coffler Stanfield from Loxahatchee, Florida. <laughs> and this is Philip Parks from Fergus, Ontario, still. And you're <laughs> listening to the Dressage Radio Show with our producer, Glenn. Hi, guys. With- hey, yeah. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Yeah, this is good. Our first show of 2013, right? I know. And I am in a different location, not my normal home, but uh, we are safely in Florida with all our seven horses. And um, I am happy to report today was the first day Denali, my four-year-old, did not scream his head off the whole work. It's exciting. <laughs> They're starting to, starting to settle, settle in then, right? Yes. We've been here a week and uh, we are starting to get in a routine and it's been really fun. So it's great to be down here. Not just the weather, but there's lots of stuff going on every night. And it's pretty cool. Great. So uh, what do we have on today's show? I think you've been talking to people in Florida and there's lots going on. So I know. So Lyndon Gray is coming on to tell us all about uh, dressage for kids and also just kind of talk about uh, what she has to offer. And last week was the Dover Horsemanship uh, Week. And she's going to tell us a little bit about that. And we also have Rosie Samoyes uh, from Illinois. She was a participant in the Horsemanship Week. And she, Rosie is great. And I think we'll all enjoy kind of hearing what it was like to be at that sort of uh, clinic all week. Yeah, the clinic sounds really fun. They have a lot of uh, top trainers and, and top people educating the youth and uh it sounds it sounds great so i can't wait to hear all about it i know and guess what i did today philip um Besides, i have no idea i have no idea i can't even guess. i gotta stand no part but i had i had a lesson it was great i went to kathy Connolly, who's been my trainer for several years and um she's been on the show before and uh i had a lesson and it was awesome it's not supposed to go good, like your first lesson in... in you know, <laughs> my mare was really good. Yeah. They're supposed okay. to kick your butt and tell you how crap you are. Actually, my mare was perfect. Yeah, my mare was so how mine always went. We had some, uh, you know, position things. I mean, it's always hard, uh, especially right now. I, ha- I ride, you know, my, my wonderful mare that's fourth level. But then the rest of the horses that I ride are all babies. So it is hard. You, you really have to work on your position. And, and that, that was great. We, I got fussed out about my position, which was good. And then uh, my mare's starting to do all the pirouettes and the changes. And uh, so that was fun. So I had a good, good day well, today. You had a really fun lesson. I'm coming down and I'm going to kick your butt then. If I, I know. know. Philip is me. tough. I know. Philip is tough. <laughs> You bring your boots and you can ride the baby that screams the whole time. Uh, that sounds like fun too, actually. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll work on, we'll work so, on Phillip, that. So, Philip, what's in the news this week? Um, well, let's see. Charlotte Dujardin and Vallegro have retaken their top spot in the world in the uh, FEI World Dressage Rankings. That was just recently released. Um, Parcival is second. Damon Hill, I think he made a jump up to third. And uh, and all the rest of the characters fill out the top ten. So uh, you know that's interesting just to see how the shows are going and and how the rankings change here and there a little bit. But uh, yeah, absolutely. yeah. I mean, there's no. It was no surprise, right? I mean, no. She, and I love more- Charlotte. Oh my God, I like. I, I I love to watch all any video that she does online. I'm on it. She's great. So you're a super fan, I was, then. I am. I love her. 
We'll have to get her on the show. I'll be starstruck. Oh, no, then you won't Then you won't be able to interview her. And, it'll be like, <laughs> and then I'll be like, Breeze, what's going on? What else is in the news? So uh, the lineup for the Masters uh, came out, and that's the World Dressage Masters. If anybody wants to come to sunny Florida uh, and see the Masters, it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful show. Uh, so Stefan is, uh, Peters is going to ride Legolas. Uh, we also have Adrian Lyle and Wizard. Um, we have Tina Konyat. These are all the guys that uh, rode at the Olympics for our team, uh, which is fabulous. And who else do we have here? Goodness, uh, Heather goodness. Blitz and Paragon. Yes, the horse. Were all, I mean, that is such an exciting horse, and, if, and I think I'm a super fan, maybe of of Paragon. I yeah. Know. yeah, I'm gonna stalk her so. here. No kidding. I'm gonna watch that horse every weekend. <laughs> yeah, he's so spectacular. That's great. James Coford and Rhett will uh, will be another top American rider. We have some European riders. And uh, a couple of Canadians, David Marcus, I know, Capital, and Jackie Brooks riding De Niro. So that's our a couple of our Olympic riders going to uh, show. So um, you know, I think we'll have lots of Americans and lots of Canadians cheering them them along. Yeah, and uh, it's great to show. You know, lots yeah. of prize money and and really pulls in the best riders that uh, that is that is available. So that's great. I know, and tell everybody the news about a new horse for America because I like to make you do that. No, I don't want to. You can talk about um, uh, the new, yeah, the new American team horse. Yes, um, Gunter Sedell got a new horse, and let's see, um, the horse is named Coral Reef, and it was owned. Um, it was ridden by uh, Annabelle Balkan Hall previously. Yeah, and is Grand Prix confirmed, and uh, she's thirteen Westphalian mare. They changed the name. It used to be Wincy. I, I think that's the right pronunciation. Yeah, but- I think so too, Wincy. But uh, yeah, Gunther's sponsor bought him this horse, so that's that is great for America. I'm I'm pleased that uh, you know continuing success towards uh, I guess the next World Equestrian Games is the next big games, right? Yeah, I know. I just like to make you you know talk about the American horses. It makes I me know. happy. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have a wonderful interview with London Gray today. Uh, right after this break from Kentucky Performance Products. Choosing a supplement can be confusing. How do you know which ones are right for your horse? Kentucky Performance Products will simplify your search for effective research-proven supplements that meet the challenges of today's horses. And this week's highlight product is Contribute Omega-3 Fatty Acid Supplement. The properties of omega-3 fatty acids benefit every system in your horse's body. Contribute improves breeding efficiency in mares and stallions. Maintains soundness and protects joints from damaging inflammation. Sustains a strong immune response in horses of all ages and decreases the levels of inflammation in your horse's body by sustaining adequate omega-3 fatty acid levels. Learn more about Contribute Omega-3 Fatty Acid Supplement and all the other products at kppusa.com. That's Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Well, Lyndon, thank you so much for coming on the show this evening. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. I love doing it. <laughs> well, Lyndon, it, the, all the buzz this week here in Wellington has been about um, the Horsemanship Week that just happened at Global. Can you tell us a little bit about it and what happened and, and just give us the rundown? Well, it's our, uh, it was our second, and it's actually the culmination of a year of clinics uh, we call them the Emerging Dressage Athlete Program. And basically, we stole the idea from the uh, 
uh, U.S. Hunter Jumper Association, which has their emerging athlete program. And uh, what we have to do a little differently because they're well funded. <laughs> yeah. Um, we sort of do it the best we can. Um, and we have uh, young riders apply. Uh, anyone that's 21, under 21, uh, can apply. Um, and there's no level of competition of skills. It's really any young riders that are really dedicated and want to learn. And we set up clinics in parts of the country where we have the interest shown. Um, and the clinics this past year were in Massachusetts, New York, um, Michigan, two in Texas, actually two in Massachusetts, two in Texas, and Illinois. Um, and from those clinics, which have riders from age 11 to 21, from training level to Grand Prix, um, we choose riders for the sort of the mega clinic, which is the horse mastership clinic. And also we invite our most or some of our national and reserve national champions from the Festival of Champions. And they are invited to come to Wellington. Uh, most of them bring their own horses. Those who can't, we had, for example, riders from the West Coast, uh, uh, Washington, California, Arizona. I guess that's not the West Coast, White. Uh, and we found horses for them and one rider from Texas. And uh, the difference, the thing that makes these clinics sort of different from your average clinic, whether it's the, the regular emerging dressage athlete program clinics or the mega clinic, which was the Robert Dover Horse Mastership Clinic, is uh, they have the riding lessons like most clinics do, but there are two, at least two unmounted educational sessions every day as well. And we oversee the um, stable management. And um, so it's, we try to give a really well-rounded education to the riders. Now, then, and, you, oh, yes, sorry. I was just going to ask you um, if maybe you can describe some of the goals of the clinic and how it's uh, developing in its second year for these riders. Well, the, the, the major goal, one of the major goals of the regular clinics that we hold during the year is to find hidden talent. Um, and that's why there is no requirement as far as you know, that you have to have gotten certain scores or anything. Uh, we even have some kids, I've had one who, who's never been to a recognized show. And I was thrilled to have found her because she was quite a talented rider and had a perfectly decent horse. And by, by inviting these people to the clinics, um, you know, you hope you give them a little boost, a little incentive uh, perhaps their parents or their instructor, their own instructor, um, you know, says, hey, you know, somebody's paying attention to, to my child or my student, and, and, you know, let's go out and go for it a little bit more. And then the other part of it is there's lots of clinics. I mean, there's clinics everywhere all the time and clinics with very good people. But the effort, the, the kids are required to be there the entire day. They watch each other ride. They and the unmounted education, trying to get well-rounded 
uh, riders who can do more than just ride one particular horse in one particular test, but that are developing the knowledge to take care of the horse, uh, have an introduction to sports psychology, nutrition, uh, their own fitness. Uh, that is one thing at the the mega clinic, the Robert Dover clinic, every morning they had a major workout with Robert Dover's personal trainer um, and uh, to, to get an understanding of their own fitness, sort of broaden their education more than just riding the horse. And one of the bonuses of it is the camaraderie that comes out of it. These kids are, you know, they, they become a group as opposed to a whole bunch of individuals. They, they get to know each other. They get to support each other. And uh, uh, some actually, actually some lasting friendships have, have come out of it. Uh, kids from different parts of the country that are keeping in touch and going on vacation together even. And that's sort of the, the extra bonus. So, yes, we want to help riders who are going to the, maybe will be going to the Olympics eventually and give them that high level of education, but also give the education for riders who don't maybe won't have all those opportunities but can find their way in the dressage world at their level of commitment, financial support, whatever it is. You know, some people are never going to have that really special horse, but hopefully we'll help them find a way where they can really enjoy and, and let dressage be part of their lives and maybe even a profession forever. Oh, that's wonderful. And then can you tell us a little bit about the Emerging Athlete Program? Well, that's the, the Emerging Dressage Athlete Program because the Emerging Athlete Program is the jumpers. They think they're okay. the only athletes. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. They're not. And, and th- that is, uh, as I say, anyone can apply. The application is on the Dressage for Kids website. Um, and we choose for, for the clinics that we set up wherever. Um we choose, you know, we try to choose riders that demonstrate a, a level of talent, natural talent, as well as a level not more natural talent even than a high level of training. Um, and from the application, those that you know show a level of dedication. And those clinics are held all over the country. And we've actually expanded this year. Uh, Nancy Later, who's becoming in the Northeast. Um, Nancy Later Lavoie, I believe is her married name now, um, become a tremendous supporter of the young riders. And she was running a clinic with Conrad Schumacher, of which two days was going to be just for youth. And she had set up to have some on-ground educational activities. So we turned that into a an emerging dressage athlete program because, I mean, we had obviously a top international trainer, but because of the the on the ground activities, meaning the unmounted activities, and Versage for Kids um, helped to pay some of the um, fee for these for the those who were members of the Emerging Dressage Athlete Program. We paid part of their clinic fee, and again, they were required to watch all the lessons and participate in all of the lectures, um, and so uh, those clinics. We're holding as many as we can, and I hope we'll be able to do more. I've done all of the emerging dressage athlete clinics so far with help from uh, very good local trainers. I mean, Courtney has, has helped me with some 
uh, Phil McCusker and Nancy Lader uh, have helped with the teaching so we could bring in more more kids. And so we can do as many of those as, as we find the people who want to run them. Uh, we require, we uh, don't require, but we look to help from the local people to help us get lectures and so forth. So that's the, that's the more local clinics that then feed into the mega clinics. And we've had two now of the mega clinics, the Robert Dover clinics, that were at this time of year in Wellington, and then we will have one in, uh, that Courtney will headline, Courtney Dye will headline at Hatchler Dressage at River Edge Farm in Maryland um, the very beginning of August this summer. That'll be the first summer one we've done. That's great. And Lyndon, are you seeing an increased uh, participation of youth in dressage, and how do we keep that going? Definitely an increase. Uh, number of kids that are participating, um, and it's get you know it's it's hopefully as we give them more support, we give them the education, we give them the acknowledgement in in some cases, and then finding a way as with everything nowadays to make it affordable for not just those you know that have the finances behind them. They have the really nice horses, but to find the activities uh, for those that maybe don't have the, the, the really super horses at this point in their lives, and that they also can get that education and, and uh, pay attention to them so that they feel they can be included at their level uh, of expertise and their horses level of expertise. I mean, there's getting to me, there's getting to be a greater distance between the average horse and the super horse. And we're seeing more super horses for, for younger riders, which is wonderful, but we don't want those that can't have the super horses to feel that, well, there's just no point for me to even try because I don't have the super horse. And, and those are the people that I particularly want to try to, to keep bringing into the fold, so to speak. So, Lyndon, how, um, you know, as a trainer and um, an aunt now, how would I find some information about where I would send uh, kids that are in my own program? We have a website, dressageforkids.com, and that's the number four, dressage number four kids. And all of our activities are listed there from, we have a, a pretty amazing show uh, in New York in the summer, and we're also now really happy to say finally getting other people to steal the format that I hand to them um, of our show, which is basically a dressage test, an equitation class, and a written test on assigned reading. Um, Kim Boyer in Michigan has has held two. And whereas the show we do in New York is a huge production, you know, it's really a three-day extravaganza, Kim's is a little one-day, you know, one-ring show. And those are the ones that I'd love to see more of those popping around the country because, again, we try to level the playing field. Yes, the dressage test depends on partly on how nice a horse you have as long as you train it and ride it well. The equitation class is judged on the rider, so the horse doesn't count very much. And, of course, the written test, the horse counts not at all. So we're looking for the totally educated rider, not just the just the dressage rider. 
We also have clinics just for pony riders in an effort, you know, I've been pushing hard for years to try to get younger people into dressage and those who want to, to be serious about dressage and showing ponies. Um, and um, we have various other activities. We have a winter program in Connecticut of two days of just lectures for pretty much anyone that's that's interested in horses, not even just dressage. And uh, we have a very active scholarship program for anyone that has uh, participated in any of our programs. Uh, scholarship for equestrian education, not for showing, except, um, for example, World Cup or something like that. We do support those. So we have a lot of things going on, and it's all there on our on our Dressage for Kids website. Oh, Lyndon, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight and all that you do for kids. Uh, it's amazing, and I hope everyone uh, will go to the website and get some more information, and I know you'll be right there to help them. Thank you. Happy to chat with anyone or email with anyone that has questions. Well, that was a great interview, and we're going to continue to learn about the Robert Dover Horse Mastership Week uh, with an interview with Rosie Samos right after this commercial from Equestrian Collections. Glenda Geek here, and I am with Debbie from Equestrian Collections with Equestrian Collections Product of the Week. And we're going medical this week, aren't we? Yes, we are. I wanted to feature the Vetricin Wound and Infection Hydrogel. All of this Vetricin stuff is really good. I, it's amazing. And not only do I know that it works, but all of my Facebook friends go nuts over this stuff. And the reason I'm featuring the Hydrogel this week is because it has a different thing going for it that some other ones of these don't. It's expensive, but it's worth it. This hydrogel stuff, you spray it on like it was liquid, and it comes out like a liquid. But when it comes out, it's a very light gel, so that when you put it in the wound, it actually sticks to the wound. It doesn't you know, like drip down. Like, so mm -hmm. if you have a wound that's up underneath or one that's hard to get to, you can use this and you can get a really good covering of the wound with the hydrogel. I have not had anyone who I have heard that has used this that hasn't come back and said, oh my goodness, this is the best thing ever. You can use this on all your furry friends and feathered friends. You can use it on horses, dogs, cats, birds. It's just amazing, and it's clean stuff. I would highly recommend it. Give it a try. And I know the one nice thing about the Vetricin uh, is that you can use it in, in areas that are flexible, your joints and yes. ankles and knees and things like that, and it provides that extra barrier even for flies and things as well, too. Yeah, that, you know what? I had uh, exactly that. I had a little cut on my mare's uh, on the inside of her hawk, and every time she would walk, she would pull that thing open, and I got this stuff and used it, and within just a week, it was it was healed. I I can't say enough about it. I would definitely try it. Keep it in your um, tack room. Keep it in your uh, first aid kit uh, when you're on the road as well. Just go to equestriancollections.com and search for Hydrogel, H-Y-D-R-O-G-E-L, and you'll find the Vetricin Wound and Infection Hydrogel, and you can pick up a bottle of it there. Thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Yeah, absolutely. 
You are wonderful. Rosie and I actually met each other this summer at uh, the Young Rider Championship. She was a hard, hard worker bee. So I was so excited to hear that you were um, invited and rode at the Dover Horsemanship Clinic that happened in Wellington this week. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Um, yeah, it was definitely a super fun week, and I was just really honored to be chosen to be there. And I really can't thank Glendon and everyone who worked so hard for us. So every day we would wake up early and go to the barn about 6.30 just to take care of our horses, walk them around, clean the stalls, feed them. And then promptly at 7, we would go to the outdoor arena or the covered arena and work out with Bob, who's Robert's personal trainer, Robert Dover. Um, and that was really great because Bob really kicked our butts and really made us realize how hard our horses work for us and how it feels to be sore sometimes. And we did a lot of like squat jumps and running backwards, even carrying chairs over our heads. It, it got a little intense sometimes, but it was good to really push ourselves and see what we could do, not only as riders, but as athletes as well. And then after our workout at 7, we would start our lessons, and there would be two instructors for the day. And there's 12 riders total. So six would ride with one instructor and six would ride with the other. And then there were nine auditors that would go from each instructor and watch to see how the teaching styles and watch the different riders. And it was a fun not only to ride but to get to watch different people ride and to get to watch the different instructors teach because it was great for me because in the future I want to be a trainer and, and a rider so I could get to watch and see how they taught so I could get, like, input on, like, how people teach. And so, um, like, day one we had Tina Konyat, we had um, Tooney Page. On day two, Robert Dover was teaching with... Jan Ebling, I believe, we had Courtney King die. Um, and on the last day, which was awesome, we had Robert Dover warmed us up for a um, a test that we chose with our horse. And then once we warmed up, we would go over like it was a horse show, and we got to um, have Ann Gribbins judge our tests. And then we got immediate feedback from her. And what was really great about that, too, was that the auditors and the riders could either go watch Robert and help Robert warm up the riders, or they could go in with um, Anne and listen to her feedback and help actually judge the test. So it was a really great week for like information and for meeting new people from around the country. That sounds really fun. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself or maybe about your horse and about your riding and kind of, you know, what, what motivates you as a young rider to, uh, to be in the sport and to participate? Yeah, um, I've been riding since practically since I was in the womb. My mom is a horse trainer, Julie Julian. So I officially started riding when I was three on a little Shetland pony named Spanky. Um, and I wasn't really a naturally gifted rider. I held my reins wrong forever. I didn't canter until I was eight years old because I was terrified, but I knew that I loved the horses. So I really stuck with it. We'd always go to horse shows with my mom and all of her clients just to hang out and have fun. And I would volunteer as a runner. So I just, it grew on me. And eventually I realized that this is something I could do with my life. And I could really, like, I could be good at it if I applied myself. 
So I started to ride. Well, I rode every single day, but I started to take riding more seriously as I got older. And I moved on to some bigger ponies along the way. And the first time that I really felt like, wow, like I could do this was in 2006 when I was 10 on my little pony major. And I won my first regional championships with a freestyle. And that that was just the biggest moment for me because I remember when I was little, if I got like a 60%, that was awesome. That was amazing. If I got a ribbon, I was like, this is something to really be proud of. So when I won that championship, it was huge. And after that, I really started to like realize that riding was something that was always, that's always going to be important to me. And now I have uh, Proteus, who is an eight-year-old Danish form blood, and we've had him since he was two, turning three. And I've been a part of his training along the way. My mom's done the training with him. And now he's pre-St. George schooling some of the Grand Prix work. And so it's really fun to be able not only to have, like, a great horse who we really connect with, but that my mom and I have trained ourselves and that he's ours and no one can ever take him away from us. So that's cool because, like, I'm going to be able to do young riders with him and Bettina Cup with him. And one thing I've really learned, like, along the way with my mom and, like, different instructors I've talked to is it's better to just buy a young horse that's more affordable and then train them so that no one can... You can't have it taken away from you, number one, but also you can really do what you want, do the shows that you want, and develop your name not only as a rider but as someone who can train a horse. Uh, everyone is talking about that in the United States on how to how can we make the right horses. So, Rosie, what are you planning on doing in the future? So, for 2013, I plan on trying to qualify to go to the um, North American Junior Rider Championships as a young rider with Proteus. And on top of that, I have a four-year-old, so he's also a Danish Hornblood, and I've been working with him with my mom and with my other trainer, Christine Traurig. So he's coming along, and I hope to be showing him as well eventually. But in the long run, I just really want to be able to train as many horses as I can to the upper levels and to Grand Prix, and hopefully eventually be able to compete internationally with one of my horses, hopefully Proteus, but you never know where you're going to go. So I'm just hoping to keep training and riding. And what things from the last week's clinic really, um, you know, are, are you taking forward with you to help you on, on all your goals? Um, really, I think last week's clinic was just a big confidence booster for me. It was really like, like going in, I was a little bit nervous about riding with all these top trainers, but they really did a good job of letting all the riders know, like, how good we are. We obviously got there, so we must be doing something right and so it was really just a big confidence booster to be able to ride with all these different people and have it go well and really learn a ton from it. And I'd have to say, like, the best part of the week was really the riding for me, but the lectures were also really good that we got to go to. And I took a lot away from, like, connecting the riding with what other people had to say, too, in the lectures. So that was great. And, Rosie, what were the lectures about? Um, we had a lecture, we had many lectures, we had some every single day. Um, we had one from Dr. Rick Bennett about proper veterinary care and preventary medicine so we could keep our horses sound and happy and not have to always wait till 
something goes wrong to fix them, how there's many different ways to, like, prevent anything from going wrong and keeping your horse healthy and happy. Um, we talked to uh, Dean Pearson, who is a um, farrier, and that was great, too. It kind of went around, along with Dr. Mitchell um, with no, if there's no foot, there's no horse. So you really have to stay on top of maintaining your horse's feet and how important it is to shoe your horse regularly or get them trim, trimmed regularly. We also had some great lectures from Dr. Deb Bennett, who talked to us about collection and deep straightening of the horse. So it was really interesting to hear her. She um, talked a lot about collection with, like, the loins recoil on the horse and then to get the back up, and then we you have to um, raise the base, the pole. So all of it was it was really informative, and it was a nice connection to see like we are not only like feeling it with our horses, but we can also see it with these lectures and presentations. Well, it's I, I want to go to the camp next week. I mean, next year. Yeah, how do we get invited? How do I get younger? Invited. I know. I need to get. <laughs> We need to be younger, Philip. Yeah. Well, Rosie, <laughs> thanks so much for coming on the show, and I hope you will stay in touch with us here at the Horse Radio Network on how your journey this year goes. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Well, guys, that was a great show, and I wish um, I wish I was not turning thirty three this week. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Happy oh, birthday. man, I didn't even know about that. I know. Yeah, I was going to keep it quiet, but then I really wanted to go back to Young Rider Camp, and, and that wasn't going to happen for me. <laughs> Let's just face it. I know. This program sounds so amazing that Linda is, is doing and is involved with. I mean, they didn't have any of that stuff you know, when I was, when I was a bit younger. But, uh, you were a babe. Yeah, but that's, uh, that's great you know, that that's going on. And, uh, well, happy birthday to you. You can't go back in time. It's no. all good stuff ahead, right? We're gonna have exactly. adult, I'm a youngster. Gonna have adult I'm clinic. a baby. I'm a babe. Yeah. We'll, we'll organize our own thing. So I'm dying to know, though, what are your guys' New Year's resolutions? Hmm. Glenn, you can, t- you can go over I'm just going to give it to you first. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, boys. Really didn't. You know, I, don't, I gave up. When you turned 50, uh, I, I, actually, when I turned about 20, I gave up on New Year's resolutions. I'm not good at keeping them. So it was like... At some point in your life, you go, I'm not going to keep them anyway, so I'm not going to bother. Is that a defeatist attitude, or is that just realism? Yeah, I think that's, that's, I think that's realism. Very, I think that's very defeatist. you got to at least, you know, <laughs> no. pretend. You put on the facade that something's going to, you know, something's going to get better. Or... But shouldn't you try and do that all the time, not just at the yeah. beginning of the year? I think that's it. That's, let's yeah. try to make that the resolution, then. I like it. Well, you know, I keep all the, the same time. resolution. Yeah. I, I have the same resolution I've had every year for the last, I don't know, five, six years. And that is to be on time slash early for everything. <laughs> and figure until I can actually do it, I shouldn't change my resolution. Just keep, so. practicing. <laughs> keep practicing. You, you work it. on that there, Reese. I'm working on it. Oh, gosh. A life of horses, it's not, it just can't yeah. because they dictate your schedule so much. When well, we used to get together with Reese on a regular basis when we lived in Lexington, uh, uh, Jennifer and I would joke, we would say, okay, we're supposed to be there at 6, but 6.15 will be fine. Yeah, it's yeah. so true. Yeah, right. well, those, those are my actual friends. They really know that about yeah. me. But I'm working on it every year. Philip, right. you have skirted the question so far. Um, I I know with that conversation with Glenn there, I think that's what I'm going to work on. Just being, you know, just being positive all the time and continue to work on. Just continue to work on that. I said it as an out, Philip. <laughs> I know, but I like the I like the out. Like yeah, it's pretty good though. Thank you for participating, well, Philip. 
<laughs> hey guys, I have something fun on the Horse Radio Network I have to tell you about. Okay. What? If tell us anybody, about the news about the Horse Radio Network. Well, if anybody's a fan of uh, Ice Road Truckers, we had a celebrity guest on the on the uh, on the one of the shows this week on the Driving Radio Show with Wendy and I. Uh, I got this uh, Facebook request a couple weeks ago from Lisa Marie Kelly, who is the girl on Ice Road Truckers. And anybody that's watched Ice Road Truckers through the years, she's the only female that's been on that show. And, of course, that's the show where they're driving the trucks on that crazy ice road up there in Alaska. It's just crazy stuff. And in blizzards and minus 40 degrees and all that stuff. And then uh, she actually went on to do the world's deadliest roads and drove the deadliest road in the world in a truck in uh, South America. I think that's in Peru yeah. or something. Yeah, it was right? in Peru and Bolivia. You're right. Uh, yeah. Omg. And it's she, on the side. Yeah, it's on the side of a mountain. Yeah, it was oh awful. I mean, with ten thousand foot drops, and her truck's tires are at the edge. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, on dirt roads. I'm um, dying but here. she contacted us and said, "I want to let you guys know I love your shows, and I listen all the time while I'm driving the ice road." Um, so I was kind she's of a horse person, obviously. Then, right? yeah, she actually has horses in Alaska, and she's learning to drive. So she listens to driving radio show, loves Wendy, and so we had her on the show this week. Did you tell her how good the dressage Love radio that. show is? <laughs> yes, we want her to be a fan of our show too. Yeah, she, and her, she has a horse husband who's also a uh, motocross racer. Uh, he races motorcycles, and they both listen to the shows. He's a, he likes the shows too. And she was came on the show, and she said, "I'm a big fan. I listen to the podcast all the time while I'm driving." Um, cool. So that was kind of neat. Cool. You never know who's listening. That's awesome. Well, we appreciate all of our listeners, and we can't wait for an awesome 2013. Sounds good. Yeah. (laughs) Well, everybody, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website at dressageradio.com. You can like us on Facebook. Just search Dressage Radio Show. You can follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com. My email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. And if you are in Florida, South Florida, uh, give me a call or email me because I'd love to meet you guys. <laughs> and you can find me at philipparksequestrian.com. And my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. Keep your emails coming. We like to talk about training stuff or tack or anything you guys want to talk about. We can bring it on the show. And I'd like to thank our sponsors, Equestrian Collections and Kentucky Performance Products. And don't forget to check out all the other shows because they're really great at the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Keep your heels down and your shoulders back and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>